You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Okay, come with me to the book of Revelation, and um, we'll start from chapter 1. You know, I was caught in whether I should do this or shouldn't do this, but even the Bible says just the reading is blessed, because sometimes the preacher is held back from, you know, taking you to a text because he doesn't feel adequate or he doesn't feel he has enough insight, you know, to break it down. But the truth is this, especially the book of Revelation, but the entire word of God, just by reading, you're blessed already. Praise the Lord. So come with me as we read, and um, I trust that somebody will be blessed in Jesus' name. So from verse 1 says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John. Who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw? Three, blessed is he who reads. Can you see there? And those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it for the time is near. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is, who was, and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our own sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold. He is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Verse 9. I, John, both your brother and companion, in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the last day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. What you see, write in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, and gathered about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool as white as snow, 
and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this. The mystery of the seven stars, which is saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands, which you saw, are the seven churches. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Put the message translation. From verse 1. A revealing of Jesus, the Messiah. God gave it to make plain to his servant what is about to happen. He published and delivered it by angel to his servant John. And John told everything he saw. God's word, the witness of Jesus Christ. How blessed the reader. How blessed the hearers and keepers of these oracle words. All the words written in this book. Time is just about up. I, John, I'm writing this to the seven churches in Asia province. All the best to you from the God who is, the God who was, and the God about to arrive. And from the seven spirits assembled before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, loyal witness, firstborn from the dead, ruler of all the earthly kings. Glory and strength to Christ who loves us. Who blood washed our sins from our lives? Who made us a kingdom, priest for his father forever? And yes, he is on his way. Riding the clouds, he will be seen by every eye. Those who mocked him and killed him will see him. People from all nations and all times will tear their clothes in lament. Oh, yes. The master declares, I am A to Z. I am the God who is, the God who was, and the God about to arrive. I am the sovereign strong. I, John, with you all the way in the trial and the kingdom and the passion of patience in Jesus, was on the island called Patmos because of God's word, the witness of Jesus. It was Sunday. And I was in the spirit, praying. I heard a loud voice behind me, trumpet clear and piercing. Write what you see in a book. Send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. I turned and saw the voice. I saw a golden menorah with seven branches, and in the center, the Son of Man. In a robe and gold breastplate, hair a blizzard of white, eyes pouring fire blaze, 
both feet furnace fired bronze, his voice a cataract, right hand holding the seven stars, his mouth a sharp biting sword, his face Perigee's son. I saw this and fainted dead at his feet. His right hand pulled me up right. His voice reassured me, don't fear. I am first, I am last. I'm alive. I died, but I came to life. And my life is now forever. See these keys in my hand. They open and lock death's doors. They open and lock hell's gates. Now, write down everything you see. Things that are. Things about to be. The seven stars you saw in my right hand and the seven bright gold menorah. Do you want to know what's behind them? The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. The menorah's seven branches are the seven churches. Amen. May the Lord bless his word in Jesus' name. It feels good reading God's word, right? Maybe we should have a service where we just come and read the word of God together. Praise the Lord. You see, when we speak God's word, the words of God don't just come out as sound, as spirit. Something is already happening. Praise the Lord. I know it was a bit of in ignorance, but how many of us remember as little children when you were having bad dreams and you woke up, you cried to your mother. You cried to your mother. What would she do? She would put Bible under your pillow. And does the dream continue? So even the unread word has power. Is someone hearing me? Not to talk of when you're just hearing it. And for somebody here, you may not have been studying the word the way you should. Try practicing the habit of playing it in your car or in your phone. You might play for one hour, but what you hear for one second can transform your life. Praise the Lord. Okay, this morning, we, we've started in an, a very unusual way, and that's what we want to be doing. We want to be led of the Spirit every point and at every time. Amen? And our meditation this morning is going to go in this form. What caught my attention here is that verse 1 says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, so Jesus needed to be revealed. Praise God. In Galatians 1.16, the Apostle Paul writing or speaking, talks about when God, from 15, when he pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. 16 now. He says, to reveal his son in me. Praise the Lord. To reveal his son in me. Not just to tell him. They didn't call him, employ him, and give him products and say, start marketing. No, that's not what happened to Paul. He says, when he pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, to reveal his son in me. So there's a revealing of Jesus Christ. Somebody today will get that revelation in the name of Jesus Christ. Verse 1 of our text where we're reading from says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave. And you know, it's important we capture this because John is the beloved apostle, right? John is the one who calls himself John the beloved, the one whom Jesus loved. And we know that during Jesus' ministry on earth, John had a favorite location. He will sit by the side of Jesus and lay his head on Jesus' chest. 
That's how close. Now, how can he not know him? How can he, after all of that, still need a revelation of Jesus? Help me ask your neighbor, how is that possible? So close. And yet, you know, he needed a revelation. To the point that when he actually now saw Jesus, the Bible said he fell at, okay, so close that even Peter would ask John to ask Jesus some deeper questions. Praise the Lord. But yet, it was necessary that John would catch a revelation of Jesus Christ. Today, I desire, and I pray for you as well, that we will catch a revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, Paul speaking says, when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb, to reveal his son in me, it was necessary for the ministry that Paul was going to carry to have a revelation of Jesus. And that's how come, if you look at his life and his ministry, it was extraordinary. He had a revelation of this Jesus. He knew something about him. And the truth is this, every one of us actually lives in the level or dimension of our knowledge of what we know. You know, while I was just, you know, thinking about this, I said, imagine as you are driving from church, or today you came to church, and when they say, greet your brother, you saw a brother who talked in voice suit, like a jacket like, and talked it in. Now, your reaction will be, if you're very nice, you'll still greet him and pretend you didn't see something. But you keep wondering, where is he from? Are you understanding? You'll be wondering, where is he from? Is he from, uh, where do you think he might be from? A kitty. Or Arachuku. <laughs> you know, where is he from? Now, the truth is this. What is wrong with tucking your jacket in? Is it not his jacket? Is it not inside his trouser he tucked it? Is it not his belt he's using to hold it? It's just that for you now, you've so many times seen that jackets are not tucked in so when you wear you don't tuck it in it's not an offense it doesn't offend anybody praise the lord okay but when you know it when you've seen it and it has registered it becomes a standard for you praise the lord so when the bible talks about the son being revealed in you it is the level of revelation that will bring a change in the way you live that will immediately affect your judgment and everything. And so easily, every one of us here, even including myself, will say, oh, in that case, I, I think I know Jesus. But part of the reasons I made sure we read this uh, Revelation chapter 1 is to begin to wake us up to who this Jesus really is. Because, you know, many times, and not just many times, I've realized that even myself, or rather oftentimes, the love that the average Christian proclaims for Jesus, which we all do, right? You know what that love reminds me of? It's like the love we have for babies. Who here do, who doesn't love babies? I love babies. You know, I love them not when they're too small. You know, when they're playable, when they're, yes, you know. I, I love them. Look at that one there now. Do you understand? But you know that love is a fake love. You know why it's a fake love? I love that baby. And I'm playing with that baby. Once that baby pulls, the babies are adorable. Babies are cute. Oh, babies are so sweet. Until the baby what? When the baby pulls, that's when you know who the mother is. 
All the lovers abandon the baby. Isn't that what happens? In fact, there are some babies that they don't even have to put. They are so heavy that you're loving the baby. You're loving the baby. You're carrying the baby. After some time, you say, Mama, I better carry your baby. So there is that kind of love. You know, love designed to be enjoyed. Love that does not want to probe. Love that does not really want to know. You know, so the moment the baby starts crying, what do you do? You call the mother. But if the baby is laughing and playing, you love the baby. That's how we, we love babies. Is, am I right? Now, if you check truly, that is also how you want to love Jesus or how we've been loving him. You don't want him to probe too much. You don't want a Jesus that gets into your life and begins to obstruct the things that you do. You don't want a Jesus that listens into your conversation. Now, what I realized now, just two of us in the house, okay, mom and I in the house. What I realized that happens, you know, unconsciously is that there are some phone conversations my wife will have. She'll just leave the room. You know why? Because why she's having that conversation in the room? Why she's saying something? I'll be telling her, say it like this. How many couples experience that? So she just leaves the room. Not that she's hiding anything from me. My wahala is what? Too much. And then also sometimes when I'm, you know, so I also want to leave because her wahala is too much. I love her, but allow me talk. That's how we love Jesus. We love him, but allow me to live my life. Somebody sang a song and said, allow me to enjoy my life. (laughs) That's how we want to love Jesus. We love you. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice. You know, praise the Lord. So we love him, but... We don't want him to be too close. We don't want him to tell us about eyelash, about weave on, about, you know, how tight your clothes are. I love you, Jesus, but let it end there. That's why we love Christmas. Christmas focuses us on the baby Jesus, on that adorable Jesus. Have you ever seen a Christmas scene where they change nappies of the baby? No, that baby is not adorable. It's just the baby cute, you know. The skin is so soft. You're just enjoying the baby. There is no benefit for the baby in that love. Even feeding, you won't even feed the baby. That's how we love Jesus. We love him on our terms. We love him the way we want to love him. We love him when we want to love him. During this worship session now, and as I was worshiping the Lord, the Spirit you know, was ministering to me. Listen, oh boy. Listen, young man. He said, this thing you're doing here, if you don't do it on Monday and Tuesday in your office, at home, in the car, everywhere you are, it's not it. Praise the Lord. The instruments, we thank the Lord for the sound and all that he's doing for us. We thank the Lord for voices, you know, that take us into the presence of God. But God has not demanded that those who worship him must worship with a voice like that. What he demands is that those who worship him must what? Worship in spirit and what? He didn't add a voice like that. When it comes, we bless the Lord for it. So, you know, what was ministered to me is, do you do this on Monday? Do you do this at home? Do you do this at work? Do you do this on the road? Because if you don't, it's not it. It isn't it. Now, why are we looking at this thing? Because there's something we want to address this morning. Praise the Lord. And and, um, it's fundamental, it's important. It's a misconception we have. Do I know Jesus? You know, if somebody asked you, Jesus was speaking to Peter. Say, Simon, son of Jonah. Say, do you love me? 
Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Ah, Peter was saying, which kind question be that? Master, I love you. He said again, Simon, son of, do you love me? He said, which kind? I love you. Finally, he said, you know that I love you. That was when he stopped. Praise the Lord. Now, you know what is there? Does somebody want to hear something? Thank you, Holy Spirit. He just gave me that, and it's for somebody. When Peter was answering, I love you, it was not enough. Peter, do you love me? He said, Master, I love you. Until Peter said, the key was what? You know that I love you. Now, do you know Jesus? You think you know him. Not you think, sorry. You say you know him. Or you can even say you know you know him. Am I right? But can I tell you that scripturally, that is a very risky place to be. It's as unwise as saying that I know King Charles, the newly coronated King Charles. Don't I know him? Oh, you think I don't know him? Show me four pictures now. I'll tell you which one is King Charles. I will tell you that uh, he, the, the wife is Camilla. Abby, the sons are uh, what? William and Harry, Abby. And that he, for a long time, he wondered, the, he was waiting for the mother to die. She took time to die. Finally, she has died. Do you understand? Don't I know him? If somebody mentions something about King Charles, you know, your gist. He said, I know him. The gist continues. Okay. But the issue isn't whether you know King Charles. The issue is, does King Charles what? Now, what will happen if you rush somewhere, you saw King Charles, you know, maybe he came to your office or something, and he was passing. And you run and say, ah, King Charles, King Charles. What's he going to say to you? Say, don't touch me. I don't know you. Isn't that what he's going to say? That's what is in the Bible. When we looked at Matthew 25, the parable of the ten virgins, we already know the parable, so we can just go down to 11, 12, and 13. What you will find in that account is that when the five virgins came back and started knocking, they were saying, I'm here. We're here. Expecting that the door will be what? Thrown open. But what was the response that God? He said, assuredly, that's verily, verily. That's almost saying, I swear. What did he say? I say to you, I do not know you. From where? How come? When you read the Bible, do you ask questions? How come? How possible? How is it? There were virgins. They were not harlots. They were not, uh, what was the new word they say they use now? Hook up. They were not runs girls. They were not hookups. They were not even slayers. They were virgins. They had lambs. They even had oil burning for a while. How can the master, and they even knew him. They said, Lord, Lord. We learned on Wednesday that when you say Lord, what do you mean? You mean he's your master and you're his slave. So I need an explanation. How can you say I don't know you? Now, those are questions everyone who wants to make heaven. Is someone listening to me? Who wants to make heaven must begin to probe in himself. Can it be ever said to me that I do not know him? That's why you must know him to the point where if he says, I don't know you, you say, Master, it's not possible. You will prove to him that he knows you. That's where we want to get to. Praise the Lord. Remember, there was a group that he said, I do not know you. 
And they said, Master, ah, wait, let's prove to you that we know you. He said, listen, Master, I healed in your name. I cast out devils in your name. Isn't that some form of proof? I preached everywhere in your name. Did the master review his decision and say, ah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know me. Come in. Let's read it so you don't think it's me. Matthew 7, 21 to 23. This is something I cannot conclude what I'm bringing out to us today. It's something that everybody will go home and begin to work on. Are you with me? And begin to build upon so that when that moment comes, all of us will make heaven in Jesus' name. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who what? Does the will of my father in heaven. 22. It says, many will say to me in that day. Why would they say that? They will want to prove to him. How can you say I don't know you? I know you. What are they going to say? Have we not prophesied? To prophesy there is to speak the word of God. It's to preach. I've preached the word. I've told people about you. I've cast out demons. I said devil in the name of Jesus out and obeyed me. I've done many wonders in your name. Look at what the master said. The master didn't recalibrate and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I know you coming. What did he say? He said, and then now he takes it further. I will declare to them what? I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice what? It's a serious meditation we have here, isn't it? Very serious meditation. So, do I know him? I think I know him. I say I know him. It's a very good place to be. Because there are some people that don't even know him at that level. At all. But that brings me to something that, let me touch it and we'll come back here. You know, and I ask it as a question. Are there some types of sermons you don't like hearing? And are there some you like hearing? Praise the Lord. For those who read their Bibles, are there parts of scriptures you like reading? Are there some you don't like reading? Are there some things that when somebody, you know, brings that from scripture, he spoils your day? Are there some when, you know, you are hearing it, you're just feeling cool? My hands are up, right? But your hands are down. Praise the Lord. I didn't get an answer. Yes, okay, let, let me take it that. Yes or no? <laughs> okay, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If it is yes, don't feel too bad. Praise God. At least. Are you hearing me this morning? I don't want to take anything for granted. Am I, is it a yes? There are sermons that you hear and you feel good. There are sermons I finish here. People greet me. There are sermons that I finish here. People just frown and go, what did this man say today? Now, if you're like that, let me tell you something. You are doing very well. You know why? You are better than a lot of people. That you even like some parts of the scripture. You are doing very well. You are doing much better than a lot of people. Praise the Lord. You're not receiving my word of encouragement now. That should put a smile on you. Or you know something is coming. How did you know? <laughs> you know, if your answer is yes, at least you're better than those who don't even read any word. There's some lady, you know, that is my friend on Facebook. And, you know, she writes things that sound spiritual. Because a lot of people write and define things. You know. But recently I was reading what she was writing and she was saying there is no heaven anywhere. You know? And somebody said, cute. 
Beautiful. You see, social media is a center of madness. <laughs> if, if you take direction from anything on social media, you are not wise. Because when people enter that place, they don't use their brains, they use their fingers. Are you with me? You see, a lot of people aren't, aren't even at that level. So you have gone far. But the danger is this. There is something that I, I realized. Do I have anybody who studies psychology here? Okay, thank you. There's something they call the better than average effect. Have you heard it? Better than average effect. Now, let me tell you something about this. The Lord said to me, the psychology or confidence of better than. I'd never heard of it. I now went and Googled it, and I saw that it was a complete study. The challenge we have as believers is that we are better than a lot of people, unquote. Do you understand? We are better than a lot of people. That's when you look at your life now. This is Sunday morning. Some people are playing football. Some people are just going to bed. What time is it? Do you understand? So you look at your life. You look around you. You're better than a lot of people that you know that are around you. Now the challenge with that is this. If we set a million dollars on top of these lights. And we said, if you can get the million dollars, it belongs to you, but you use no ladder. You use no scaffolding. Okay? The truth is this. Some of us here, Ahmed, you will jump much higher than me. Some of us here will jump much higher than the others. But no matter how high you jump, has it gotten you the million dollars? Are you following me? Now, better than average does not mean you qualify. It just means that you're a better failure. You know, I, I was telling them on Wednesday that I saw people that I could sing better than. Not that I saw. I knew some already, but I discovered one more. So, Hippolyte, you're one of them. You know? So, my happiness, is it my wickedness increase or my happiness? <laughs> you know? I just realized, ah, this thing is not only me that is afflicting. Sam, you can smile very well. I banned Sam from raising songs. You know? <laughs> you see, when you see and look around and you're better than people, there's a sense of security that it gives to you. It's called, um, I found out what that one is called. It's called uh, the illusory sup- superiority. It gives you a feeling that, ah, I'm top-notch. That is what we have in a lot of us that are in the faith. We are better than a lot of people. But we are not looking at the one whom we are following. Are you with me now? You look back like the song says, I'm not where I used to be. Okay? And I have a position that I should get to. It's a good place to be, provided, like Paul said, I am forgetting the things which are what? Behind. And what am I doing? I am pressing. That is the key. I am pressing forward. Because you can be in a state where you are always looking back at where you came from. And because of that, you don't move. Because you know that you have moved. But proper understanding lets you know that you have left where you were but you have not gotten to where you should what 
B, when the Lord brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, what did he say to them? He said, I brought you out. Hallelujah. But what? That I might what? Bring you in. There's an in he wants to bring you to. Do you know what the Lord said to me? Some of these things, I don't have explanation. So I believe the Holy Spirit. On Wednesday, somebody will teach me how, how to break that. It says, when God said in Genesis 1, he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let man have dominion. What did God actually want? What did God actually do? What was that whole thing about? You know what God was doing? God called Snipographer and said, take my picture. So God's plan is that as he looks at Dickness Ivy, he will see God. He looks at Joker, he will see God. He looks at you, he will see what? He looks at you, he will see who? Let us make man how? In our image, according to our likeness. That's his intention. And not just that he will see God, like we learned on Wednesday. His plan also is that when your neighbor, turn to your neighbor, look at your neighbor now. When you look at your neighbor, who should you also see? You should see God. For those who are married, you should look at your husband and see God. You should look at your wife and see God. Children should look at their parents and see God. Parents should look at their children and see God. Neighbors should look at you and see God. That's what God wanted. And you know God shouldn't fail. And God doesn't fail. So the fact that I have come out and the first stage of coming out is the stage of knowledge. Where the Bible talks about knowledge. But it says knowledge puffs up. And that's where many stop because you know better. You can quote scripture. You can analyze. You can even tell who is wrong. But telling who is wrong has not taken you to what is right. If you live in Nigeria, you understand what we are talking about. Every Nigerian out of government knows what is wrong with Nigeria. Every Nigerian that is not in power knows what is wrong with Nigeria. The problem is when they are in power, do they know? If you're a student of Nigerian politics, go and read back. You'll see what people say. But when they get into power, they don't know. So it's the illusory superiority which makes you look, I, I am born again. Now, the part of the problem is the way we are preached born again. So now we mix up the message that is to be preached to people who are unbelievers, stark unbelievers, with the message that we also preach to those who have become believers. Like we've learned here, salvation is a birth. Praise the Lord. So you are born again. As cute as that baby is, if after five years that baby is a baby, that baby won't be cute to you anymore. It will be a source of concern. Why? Because you've been born. What should you do? You should grow. The same way it is with our faith. So when I get born again, in fact, not just I'm better. The Bible says, he that is in Christ is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold what? All things have become new. So I'm a new creation. Now, when that happens, beautiful. But that new creation now is to progress. Is to keep in a steady means of transformation. Changing and changing and changing and changing and changing. Now, that will not be possible by any other means. It won't be possible by mere information. That's what I'm going to. It won't be uh, possible by mere association. It won't even be possible by compulsion. The only thing that can bring that change is what we've come to learn this morning. A revelation of who? Jesus Christ. That's what changes people. You see, when we say knowledge, don't, don't misunderstand. Knowledge on its own doesn't change anybody. 
What changes people that brings that transformation is a revelation. It's a person. We are born. Let us make Ikena in the image of God. And the Bible makes us understand that Christ is the express image of God in bodily form. So the whole purpose of my still being alive this Sunday, May the 7th, is that today I will be more like Christ than I was what? Yesterday. But how can I be more like Christ if I don't know the true Christ? Or if I don't behold him, if the Christ I know is just a wonder Christ, a Christ that I have no provision for any form of inconvenience in anything that deals with him, a Christ that is my servant and I'm Lord, a Christ that his words mean nothing to me. Praise the Lord. Am I making any sense at all? Thank you for encouragement. So he says, you know, that question, do I know Jesus? Does Jesus know me? So that you don't think this is my thought. John 10, 14. Let's see what Jesus spoke himself. He says, I am the, I am the, and I do what? I do what? And I'm known by my, so Jesus is saying, I know, and then you know. Now, your knowing is not irrelevant, but if he doesn't know you, your knowing, what would be the legal term? Null and void. Thank you, sir. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and I'm known by my own. Let's look at another one. Galatians 4, verse 9. Praise the Lord. It says, but now, after you have known God, or what? Rather, are known by God. Can you see that the Holy Spirit is sure? Is making sure that nobody runs off and says, but you gave me assurance. No. It says, after you have known God, or rather that knowing is that you have come to him. Beautiful. But there are things that must take place. Or rather now unknown by God. What does it mean? Let me give you, let me, Holy Spirit, help me. I pray this is a correct interpretation. Now, there are many people that, you know, I meet maybe in, in the market or the gas station or something. They walk up to me and say to me, oh, pastor, good afternoon. And then I'm looking and say, I'm a member of your church. So what happens? They do what? They know me. Right? Undeniable, they know me. And they're members of the church. Now, let me ask you a question. Such people that walk up to me that need to introduce themselves to me and say, oh, pastor, I'm a member of your church. Can I have any reason or will anything happen in the course of the week to, for me to call them and say, please, um, Sister Jennifer, please, uh, uh, you, you work in NMPC. The, the Lord said you should go to so-so place or just send a message to her on behalf of the kingdom. Can I do that? Why can't I do that? I don't know her. I don't know her. So, almost in some practical sense, she's of not much value to me, even though she knows me. That's what the Bible says. But after you have known God, or rather what? Known, when God says, this is my own. What did God say concerning Abraham? He says, I've known Abraham. I've known, for I have known Abraham, that he will command his children after me to keep my commandment to keep my word i have known that is when you're safe at that time you're not just using god god is using you praise the lord somebody some people want to be unknown in church continue some people just want to come in continue that day he, he, he said listen <laughs> praise the lord you know my, my wife says i think too much 
Let, let's convert it to meditate because that's what they told Joshua. He said, you shall meditate on it day and night. Abby. It's deep. Virgins with lamp, with oil. The master says, I do not know you. That will not be your portion. That will not be my portion. In the name of Jesus Christ. One more. First Corinthians 8.3, please. It says, but if anyone does what? Loves God. What happens? This one is what? So from here alone, can we see something? Can we deduce something? Make a deduction. That all those people who God or Jesus was saying, I don't know you. What is he saying? They did what? So what was it that we're holding on to? Help me. What was it? What was happening between them? They were adoring the baby. Adorable, sweet, cute. Never fed the baby. Never wiped the baby's poo Didn't buy um, pampas. No, the milk. What's that there? Mean? SMK gold. SMA. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Didn't buy SM. You have never done all of that. Oh, I love you. Cute baby. I love you. He said, No. If anyone loves God, he said, What? This one is known by him. Can you give us the amplified of that, please? Let's read together. But if anyone loves God with all filled reverence, obedience, and what? He said, He is known by him as his what? Very own. And is greatly loved. Last Sunday, Pastor Chris was talking about service and gratitude. This is what it is. If anyone loves God with all filled reverence, the first part of it is all filled reverence. So God, you must understand, God is not my mate. Praise the Lord. God is not our mate. You don't hear God and decide whether you will obey God. Can I put this thing for somebody here? I think this is going to help someone. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding me. How many of us wish they could pray more? Okay. You, you really want to pray. Listen, like mommy chair has made us understand it. Prayer is not for the strong. Prayer is for the weak. When you read this now, it says, but if anyone loves God with all filled reverence, obedience and gratitude. What prayer for the Christian is, is God's provision to make you what he said you should be. So any serious Christian who hears the word of God or reads the word of God, after reading it, must close the Bible, fall on his knees, fall flat on his face, or even shake his head and say, child, how can this be? Lord, help me. That is prayer. If you're not doing that, you never took him seriously. Are you hearing me? I say, Lord, I want to win souls. I want to go out there. What you know he wants you to do. Have you prayed to him to help you do it? You want to command all the gold in the sea, come to me. All the mercury in the air, come to me. All the silver, copper under the earth, come to me. It's okay. Ask and you shall receive, isn't it? But the one he has said you should do, have you gone to him to say, Almighty Father, you said I should love my wife. This is my wife, eh? You yourself know her mouth is unlovable. Lord, give me power. Power, mighty power. To love my wife. When you do that, you're proving you know God. But when God says to you, do something. And you ignore him and turn around and say, God, do this for me. He will know that you practically don't know him. You'll be like the man who went to an office for an interview. And because the MD is a very simple man, was walking in through the reception. And the man who came for interview stopped the guy walking through. Please, if you get in there, tell those people to hurry up. I've been here for a long time. 
You don't know the MD. The implication, you know what the implication is. You've lost the job. That's the way we behave. The way we behave proves we don't know God. Listen to our prayers. You know, I'm tired of saying these things, but I read the Bible, I see that the true apostles took time to keep correcting the people, telling them what is the journey. There are prayers you pray, I know you don't know God. Do you understand? There is a way you emphasize on something. I know that there is no relationship. Jesus is the one who looked at you and said to you, you have not chosen me, but I have what? I have chosen you and ordained you. God is not Nigerian government that will send our players to play to do Olympics or play match and not give them Jesse. Imagine a footballer. He's now under 21. They're in uh, maybe uh, Italy or where they're playing the match. And you see him writing letter. Say, oh country, oh country, give me boot, give me boot, give me Jesse. Have you thought about that? Do you know he chose you? Do you know he ordained you? And he ordained you that you should bear fruit, fruits that will last. So, now, I'm not saying we don't ask things of him. He said, whatever things you desire, what should you, when you pray. But there's an attitude we're asking from. There's an understanding, there's a confidence, there's an assurance. And it will not be the major part. It won't be all that we do. I can't be coming to him 5 p.m. or 5 a.m. or 12 midnight every time to ask him something. And he listens to the conversation that I have with him for 12 months. I'm just asking him something. You have not even said to him, hi, God. What does that prove? You don't know him. You see, praise the Lord. God meeting our needs. If you understand what we are trying to get here, you will see that that is taken care of. Jesus said to uh, John, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. He said, I'm the beginning and I'm what? The end. I'm the one who was, who is. He's telling you that everything you need is with me. Don't let the devil tell you that, Pastor. Again, I say, no, not your needs. No, God loves you. God wants to take care of you. God wants to set you. And not just that he wants to, he has the capacity and the capability. Are you with me? And he's doing it the best you allow him to do. We've used the illustration here. Some of us have had little children. And your little child has a toy. And this toy is malfunctioning. And the little child runs to you as a father and as a mother who is senior and older and wiser and says, Daddy, 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 my toy has spoiled. And then you take the toy to fix and you pieces it, trying to fix it. And the child comes and takes one and takes the other. Will you be able to fix that toy? No, until the child lets you alone. That's why the Bible says, those who wait, not worry. Those who wait on the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. Those who wait, who wait, who ask and know that God wants to do this for me. And you position yourself for his doing. I was trying to tell them at the throne room. Now, if you understand what we're saying, all of us would have been at the throne room, but that's on the side. I was trying to tell them at the throne room how when I was a student, my father to give you money to go back to school. You know, he must give you money. He's your father, okay? It was government school. I don't think we paid school fees then. So it was pocket money, provision money, and all of that. About two weeks before school resumption, when the term ends, my father doesn't see me. We can run, we can run into one another if he comes home at an unusual time. But we, we don't see. He knows I'm in the house. I know he's in the house. Praise the Lord. But two weeks before my bill is presented, around 6.30, is this 7 p.m. news? I will go and sit with him, wearing the type of clothes he wants me to wear. 
Do you understand? And then I'll begin to pick conversations, the type of conversations that he wants me to have. You know, and I say, Daddy, what about that property there? You know, has this happened? And he'll answer me. I'm sure he knows what is happening. He'll just, he'll just, <laughs> you know. And then when I say anything, okay, I say, okay, is that the commissioner that did this? They, I, I, just, I just feign interest. And for the next one week or two, before I present my bill, I try to be as close to him as possible. I try to be in one mind with him. Now, that is an earthly father. The same way your father says to you, draw near to me. When you come close to him, the needs that you have, some of them, what happens at those times? Sometimes, if you do that well, he will anticipate your need. He will tell you, hey, okay, um, that this thing, he remembers them. He begins to address them before you make the request. But I don't know any child who was stupid enough to just badge in the day before he goes back to school with a list and just say, Daddy, good morning. You know, <laughs> Baba, 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 I've come to go back to school. You know, even if the man has all the money and gives it to you, he won't be happy. You know why? Your first is son before you're a benefactor from him. That is what we must understand. So this revelation of Jesus we're talking about, it brings the Christian to a place where you know how big he is. You know how great he is. You know how awesome he is. And it develops in you a sense of confidence, of trust. Okay, so this relationship brings you to a place where the psalmist said, Psalm 23 verse 1, what did David say? He said, the Lord what? And what will happen? The Lord is what? And because of that, what will happen? I shall not want. Can you give us the message translation? Let's see the way message put it. This is what he said. He said, God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. When you catch a revelation of Jesus, imagine Paul and Peter and the rest of the apostles, you know, going about worrying. Hey, how are we going to eat today? Hey, how is this? Do you think they did that? But did they have concerns? They had concerns. What did they worry themselves about? How do we move the kingdom? You know why? Because the shepherd will make sure that he will supply all their needs according to his riches and glory. Does Jesus know me? I know him, but does he know me? Does he know me? I want you to ask yourself that question. Maybe even the first one. Do I know him? Have I ever surrendered my life to him? The Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Can I even say that has been done? Because that is important. That's where it starts from. Okay? The second one, which I believe concerns most of us, is does Jesus know me? Does he know me? I want you to ask yourself that question. This question that we meditated upon now, does he know me? The Bible makes a statement, scary statement. It says in Jeremiah 17, it says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. So I can come in here and say, oh yeah, yes, yes, yes. Ah, on, on, on the 7th of October, you know, in 1995 or in 2007, you know, December, at the crossover service, at this event, at this event, I, I surrender my life. Beautiful. But now the heart can be telling you it's okay. 
But the question I want you to answer for me is, what is the Spirit of God saying to you? Is He saying to you today, you cannot leave it to chance. You must make sure that Jesus knows you. I want you to commune with the Spirit of God inside your heart. Because if the first is true, then surely you have the witness of the Spirit inside of you. Is He inside does he acknowledge me? Is the father acknowledging me? Is the son acknowledging me? The father said concerning the Lord Jesus. He says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You and I must have that witness of the spirit. And as we are here now with our heads bowed down, I want you to ask the Lord if there is anything in me that is making that connection, that testimony. The people Jesus answered said, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity who practice lawlessness. To practice lawlessness is to live your life as though God had no demands or requirements. It means to do exactly what you want to do. Do you live your life like that? I want you to ask the Lord, help me. Let me live like I have a Lord. Let me live like I have a savior. Let me live like I have a master. Let me live like God is interested in my case. Let me speak like God is listening in my conversation. Let me walk like God owns me. Let my resources be used like God is the giver and the manager and the owner. Lord, help me. I want you to pray. I want you to tell the Lord, please, I want you to know me. I want you to acknowledge me. I want you to testify to me. Pray that prayer. And things will come up that are saying this here, this here, this there. Ask the Lord, please, please help me. Help me, Lord, that I can enter into the safe group of those that are known by the Lord. Father, we thank you. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www that the Father's Church Online dot org. God bless you.